Hello and welcome back. We hope you remember us. It's Buck and Lou here, Podcast 63. We have an emergency podcast episode this week. One of our hopeful star players for this upcoming year unfortunately got injured and we're here to tell you all about it. We're also going to be talking about the new design on the court and uh, some of our former Ramblers who are now playing professional basketball. So it's going to be a fun podcast. Uh, You know, there's going to be some ups and downs, but we're here to talk you off that ledge about the injury. So uh, stick with us, tune in, and thanks for listening to another episode of Podcast 63. Welcome back to Podcast 63, where this week we're the only podcast in all of podcast universe sponsored by stale pretzels that's right this podcast is fueled by pretzels at lou's house wherever that may be we don't know it's up in the rafters and they are very stale but anyway so we're back uh sorry about the hiatus life life happened um i got a job lou's up in the rafters sleeping um, yeah, life happened. So we're back, you know, there's a big emergency. Um, Lou, is there anything you'd like to say about just, you know, your hiatus or just life? You know, how's, how's the last month been? Um, I worked on the court. Um, I, my mm-hmm. hands, uh, blessed the court. I got some holy water from Monadella and, um, we blessed the court. We helped do it. I made it with my own two bare hands and it was a great time. That's really good to hear, because um, you know the court looks good. We'll get into that later, but um, yeah. So, so th- what's on everyone's mind has to be the most recent injury that we found out about on was it Sunday? I think maybe the last uh, last day of June, June thirtieth. Um, unfortunately, we found out that our sharpshooter, our um, great-haired guard. Cooper Kyphus unfortunately suffered a torn hip labrum, um, and he will not be he will be redshirting this upcoming year, taking a medical redshirt, um, and unfortunately will not be able to play this year. So um, we're gonna we're here to hopefully talk you off that cliff because I know a lot of people are probably um, nervous and, and upset and bummed about the injury, but. Um, I think there's a couple bright sides to this, and, and we're going to talk you through it. But, um, Lou, what was your what was your initial reaction? Um, what are your thoughts on the on the Cooper Kyphus injury? Uh, so right away, it's tough. Um, this kid has a ceiling as high as uh, I'd say Mount Everest. Um, he's got a lot of opportunity to come and a lot of potential. And again, especially uh, the the way I remember it is the way he kind of ended the season with like. Shots at big at um, Arch Madness with against Bradley. Um, I believe he played pretty decent at um, against Creighton. Um, again, this is a guy coming off the bench, uh, so it really wasn't that we expect a lot from him. But uh, man, this this kid scored 19 points in his first ever college basketball game. So um, there's definitely something there. Um, as we all know, that flow helps with great three point shooting. Mm-hmm. And I was we I think we both all and everyone listening was really hoping for a breakout season by the man, especially filling the void of Marcus Towns and Clayton Custer. So guys who regular ball handlers 
Uh, this could be a role maybe Cooper steps in the starting lineup. We don't know, or just becomes and solidifies maybe a six-man role for his sophomore year. Again, he's only a sophomore, so. Um, but yeah, this is tough. But uh, I, the bright side is we get him. We it, they already redshirt him. There's no question about. It. There's no appeal process or anything. They're going to redshirt him medical. So then he'll have three years. Um, so I don't know the recovery time. So we may, we'll start maybe hearing if he's practicing or anything. But uh, I think that's the main thing right now. We can look for is. Throughout this year, hopefully you hear, oh, yep, he's back at the court practicing and he's getting in with the guys that he'll be playing with the new guys who are then next year going to be sophomores with him. So, like, try to build that whole teammate chemistry um, and hopefully he just gets better. And that, that's what you can only take from it. It's, it's a tough, tough thing and it happens in basketball. Yeah, um, just talking a little bit about the, the length of the injury, um, just quick, like, kind of research shows that it usually takes about a year. So, um I do think that, you know, unless it's a small tear, it will take like a full year. But this is kind of like, I mean, silver lining the best time to get injured rather other than just like right after the season because he will have this whole off season plus a whole season plus another off season next year to get healthy. So he probably, you know, it's it's July right now and he has until what games start in September or October, end of October. November. November. So November. he'll have, you know, uh, 16, 17 months to get healthy, which is more than enough time. Um, and and like we mentioned, um, he is redshirting. So we don't have to worry about um, this happening in the middle of the season. Does he get a redshirt? If this injury were to have happened in the middle of the season, there's, you know, he could, it could take him a whole nother season um, in order to get healthy. So um, those are just a couple of the silver linings. Um, it, it's really unfortunate. I mean, he was he was ready, I'm sure, to take that next step to, to add something to his game, whether it be um, stepping up on the defensive end or ball handling. Um, he, we know he can shoot from outside. We know he's pretty athletic. Um, but um, I think a little bit we've talked about the, the, current, the state of the, the roster currently, and one of the things that <clears throat> was – looking better about this upcoming year's team versus last year's team was the depth. Um, and what what did we really know about Cooper was we knew he was a good sharpshooter and we knew he was going to hustle his tail off. Those are kind of the two things, the two givens about Cooper. And I, I do think that this team has a little bit more depth at those roles. Um, I know from what we've seen, what we've read about Tate Hall, we know he's a good shooter from three. Um, I've seen some some clips of the two new JUCO guys um, and Pipkins and Clemens, and Clemens is a very good shooter from three, and Pipkins seems to be that guy that's going to hustle his tail off on every play. Not to say that the other guys aren't going to hustle, but Pipkins just seems to be like really lengthy and, and able to, to, to win those 50-50 balls. So although Cooper... You know, we love Cooper, and, and he had already played a year, so we, we know he knows the offense, he knows the system well. I do think we have a couple guys who are able to fill that role um, of what Cooper might have contributed to the team, or like the definites to what he would have contributed to the team. Um, but yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. Now we have, are going to have, you know, three, four guys trying to fill that role who have never played a single minute in a Loyola uniform um, in Pipkins and Clemens and Tate Hall and 
another guy, you know, Marquise Kennedy or, or uh, possibly Paxson Logic. So there are options. We have options. Of those five guys that I mentioned, Lou, um, in Clemens, Pipkins, Kennedy, Wojcik, and Hall, if you had to pick one guy, who do you think is going to get the majority of the minutes Kafis would have gotten next year? I think it's Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he I, – just because I just think – well, I think it's a little – got to think of it two-sided. I think Hall is stepping into maybe more of a starter role. Um, I think he could fit that starter role uh, pretty well. Um, but then again, is uh, so I think he's a starter, but he's getting minutes more than anyone now. Um, and then, quite honestly, uh, I would say maybe you got Marquise Kennedy. Um, I'm just really high on the kid, but again, is uh, we don't know how these JUCO guys. One of our JUCO guys just won a national championship in the JUCO level. Um, so again, we got guys who are ready to play. So I think anyone can step up. Um, so, but I, I do see maybe Tate Hall kind of stepping up just more because he's the n- only player who can play right away who's played with the team for a year. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense to people, he, he's practiced with the team. He's been with the team around for a year now, so he knows how the team works. He knows the plays. He knows the guys he plays pickup with. So I think maybe he might just flow in and jump in a little bit better than anyone. So I'm going to say he's he's the number one for me. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think I think the the JUCO guys are going to get a, a, a few more minutes um, just due to the fact that they are they've played um, you know best college basketball for two years now each. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Tate Hall is really going to have um, going to take all the the bulk of Kafis's minutes, um, and it's going to be exciting. I mean, I, I think a lot of us are excited to see what Tate has to offer. Um, he's, you know, six, 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 seven, which is kind of something we haven't really had is like someone that tall who can shoot the ball. Well, it's uh, usually we have these little guards, be it Custer, or, um, I don't know, you know, Kfis or Towns or, and, you know, a whole other, there's a, a bunch more, um, really Dante is probably the one guy who we had that was six, six, no, exactly, grab yeah. a rebound mm-hmm. and shoot the three. And I'm not saying Tate Hall is going to be Dante Ingram. No one could be you know, very few guys could be Dante Ingram, but um, if we get a guy in Tate Hall who we kind of thought we might have in Uguak last year, someone who's tall and can shoot, um, I think that would really, really help the team out. Um, but I think as far as then the freshman and Kennedy and Wojcik, I think it might be a little bit of like a, um, what Porter did last year, wh- whichever freshman was playing better at the time, and then he ended up going with, um, with Kafis at the end of the year. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I, I do think there are options, and that's the good part about this injury um, is that we do have a few more options. And now, um, barring any other injuries or transfers, Kafis is going to be in that class with Marquise Kennedy, with Paxton Wojcik, and Tom Welch. Um, he's going to be in that same class that will graduate in four years. Um, so... We do have, we will still have Kavis for another three years, um, and um, it'll give him some time to, I don't know, he'll probably develop some other things while um, his hip is healing, and he can probably work on some other stuff once the surgery's done. So, it's super unfortunate. Um, we're both very bummed. Um, we were very much looking to, looking forward to seeing what kind of progression Cooper made this year, um, but uh, like we said, still have three more years of him. So, 
It's going to be exciting. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything else to add to the, the Cooper, Cooper storyline? Just don't cut your hair. Yeah. Don't cut your hair for a whole year. Yeah. See what happens. See what happens. Ponytail. Man honestly. bun. Man bun. Yeah. Maybe that's the return. The return of Cooper is man bun Cooper. Um, but, um, I think we're going to take a little break here. Uh, we have, a we're going to have a couple more segments coming up, but, um, stay tuned and, uh, thanks for tuning in to podcast 63. And we're back. Um, so now we are going to talk a little bit about um, something cool that uh, the team did this past uh, offseason. They redesigned the court. Um, I don't know about you. I mean, one of my I, – I love Rambler games. I love going – the stadium's great. You know, it's a little small, but you feel like it's intimate, like you're on the court, right? But, I mean, honestly, the court design was always a little lacking, I thought. It, I, I don't know when the last time it had been redesigned or whatever. I think in an article they said it was 10 years since it's been touched. Okay. And I think that's nearly as old as Gentile's is. Yeah, so I was like, I mean, I don't know. I always thought it was a little, a little less than ideal. And actually, I remember the first time when I like toured the school, I was we went to a basketball game, and I even thought the like red was the maroon was like a little off, like it wasn't like the same color as mm-hmm. the jerseys and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it kind of needed it. But um, for everyone who's listening, we'll try our best to describe what it looks like. There's pictures all over. We shared some pictures, um, but so now. Uh, we have the cursive Loyola font, the one that we all know and love that we're on our, our currently on our jerseys, especially and on the jerseys that um, we took to the Final Four. Uh, also, uh, it's like a, a, a light wood, and then um, there is a faded gray background with the four Chicago stars reminiscent of the Chicago flag. And then also around the border, around the out-of-bounds lines, there's uh, red and yellow, or maroon and gold, I guess you could say. Maroon and gold um, offsetting, so it goes maroon, gold, and maroon. Um, kind of, I think, I remember some of the sellouts, they handed out T-shirts, and in the student section, they handed them out specifically, like, one section was maroon, one section was gold, one section was maroon. So maybe that, I, I'm, I think they'll probably continue to do something like that. Um, some some theme nights and stuff like that, um, but I think it's super cool. I think I think it immediately is like, from what I can think of off the top of my head, the coolest design in the Missouri Valley Conference. Um, I like I've seen DePaul's court. DePaul's court is super cool too, but I I do think this one's cooler. And uh, I don't know. I think it, it's it's pretty dandy. What do you think, Lou? Um, yeah. So the court, um, as many know. Uh, so just reading here, hadn't been updated since 2011. So uh, we don't know what it looked like in 2011, but we know what the product mm-hmm. – sorry, what it looked like before 2011, but the product and after has been what we had for the past few seasons. Uh, this is a great step in the right direction. Uh, it looks clean. It looks fresh. Also, the added touch of the Chicago flag just makes it even more uh, caring about Loyola and in the city and how it's connected to the city. Um, that's a big thing, I think, that's cool to have. Um, yeah, the simple same. I don't know if they even touched up or redid any of the Loyola Ramblers uh, wording on the side and the baselines, but um, 
Uh, I don't know. It looks just clean. Um, I'm intrigued by the deciding of the fading of different shades of wood, mm-hmm. but uh, it looks really clean. Uh, only thing is, um, I think the three-point lines are there. It's kind of cool that it's uh, gold and maroon. Again, that's kind of cool. The women's line is gold. Um, and that three-point line is moving back this year. Yeah, I, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. I don't know if the article touched on it, but I don't know if that's the exact three-point line. I would imagine that is the new one. I think it is. Yeah. I think it is the new I one. I think that because I know some of the other Missouri Valley Conference uh, teams were updating their floors. Yeah, Illinois, Illinois State, State. It keeps updating their court yeah. right now. Yeah, I think there's a couple. I think Missouri State was. But uh, yeah, no, it's really cool. So the court was designed. Um, for many of you who don't know, the uh, director of videography, Austin Hansen, was the one who kind of. He's really, a good Twitter follow too. Is he? That's good. Yeah, good. he tweets like like live tweets during games. And stuff That's great. Okay. Um, I love what he's done. He's put out great videos. We love the highlight videos. So I'd say kudos to him for uh, putting this program in the right direction. But uh, he really spearheaded the design process. Uh, the article from I've got to give a plug to Loyola Phoenix. Um, but uh, that's cool that he came up with this idea. I think it fits really well. Um, I think it really means well for the team. Mm. So and it just looks sharp. And also it just looks nice when a kid comes out there and sees the court when recruiting. He sees great, cool script and also sees the Chicago flag. So he knows that. It's a kind of encompassing of it, and now with the the video boards and everything now being in for about two seasons now, and uh, final four banner up there, yeah, it's uh, almost completed facility. So. I think I think the bigger picture of this too is like the dedication to the sports, like the facilities, um, the program, the basketball teams, plural, um, volleyball teams. They use it too. True, volleyball teams, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's it's evident. We we seen it uh, a couple years ago, like you said, with, or was it last year, two years ago, with the video boards. Mm-hmm. Then with the new practice facility, now with the court. Um, so it, it's clear that uh, there are there is like financial backing um, to uh, the sports, uh, the teams, the different programs. So um, that's I think really exciting uh, as a fan now, as a former student, as an alumni. Um, it's it's super cool to know that they're still committed to the team, um, you know. Now going on two years after the Final Four, so um, that's the exciting part for me. And uh, we've actually both seen it in person. I saw it uh, at a high school women's basketball tournament. You saw it because you slept up in the rafters and you wake up every morning up there. So it's just like you know we've both seen it. It looks really nice. It looks it honestly looks better in person than in pictures. Hunter, yeah, agreed on that. The, the in person feel and see of it is a lot crisp, nice. It's and again, as I just can't wait to. I happen to see a few uh, scrimmages on it um, of our own guys. So even when you get to see guys out there on the court, you're, you're really liking what you see. Do they scrimmage at six in the morning when you when you're making? No, your- no, no. So I open the doors and they're oh, allowed to come in. That's so. really nice of you. They, yeah. Do they like pay a, a toll to like the? Just wins. I just, just want wins. wins. Okay. Just okay. wins. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, no, I, I think it's super cool. I hope everyone who's listening gets a chance to come and see it this year. Get your season tickets. Get your season tickets. Thank you for telling me that. I need to do that too. Um, but yeah, it's a cool step in the right direction. Um, the design's super cool. They very easily could have messed it up. Like just knowing other court designs, they could have gone way overboard. Or honestly, they could have redone what we had before, and I would have been pretty disappointed in that too, because I don't think what we had before was all that cool. Um, so, I mean, I think I think we said all we need to about the court design. Um, it, it's exciting, and I hope everyone can can get a chance to come out and see the game there this year. Um, the next thing, the last thing we want to touch on and talk about is a couple of our um, uh, former Loyola Ramblers basketball players who this week. Um, 
agreed to terms with two different uh, NBA teams um, to be on their summer league rosters. The first one uh, comes as no surprise. Um, the pride and joy of our program, uh, Milton Doyle, uh, decided to – who was he playing with? He's playing with the Sacramento Kings Sacramento summer league Kings. team. Right, right. Um, most previously, he played across overseas – and then uh, the year before that, he spent some time with the Brooklyn Nets D League team and did, in fact, come up to the NBA and uh, play in a handful of games, maybe five or ten. Um, so it's cool to see Milton Doyle back on, on uh, U.S. soil playing um, in the Summer League games. I think they already had a game, and he played some decent minutes and, and filled up the stat sheet with uh, a nice uh, rebounds and assist totals to go along with a, a basket. Um, but yeah, it's exciting to see Milton, um, back. I'm, I wasn't able to see any of his games when he was overseas. So, um, hopefully whether he ends up in the D league or, you know, eventually in the NBA, there'll be some way to, to watch his games, um, you know, somewhere online. Um, did you, I think you watched a little bit of the game, right? You saw him play? Yeah, I watched a few bit, um, decent role team. The team is, was kind of an interesting team. Uh, again, uh, top Spanish league um, out there. So I don't know. I don't remember how they finished, but I, I don't think they were. They weren't top of the league. I can definitely tell you that. Um, so, but it was just great to see him out there again and see him play. Um, I do think he had a few highlights. Uh, shout out to Birdie, his mom, always tweeting mm-hmm. out highlights and woman. stats. So that was great to see that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, just great to see another loyal Rambler. Um, hitting the summer league again again his summer league uh two years ago was the reason he got into the nba how he played for the brooklyn nets for a few uh so maybe uh, this one can help again get him uh, into an nba team and i do think the kings is like a good opportunity for him they have a couple good players and and uh fox and uh they have a big guy there too but also buddy heel yeah buddy heel but mm-hmm. i think as far as like milton's position be it a shooting guard or a small forward like it's pretty open yeah so hopefully he can impress some people, impress the right people in summer league and, and snatch up some role player or even just like some, um, you know, clean up mop up duty minutes and then show out from there. So, uh, very exciting for Milt. Um, and, uh, there's another player, Marcus Towns, um, player of the year, Larry Bird trophy champion, um, Marcus Towns, uh, just recently, I think today, uh, his agency, his, uh, yeah, his agency tweeted out that he had signed a, uh, a a contract or a deal with the Chicago Bulls summer league team. So it's actually um, super exciting for him. Uh, I think they start playing in about a week, um, but hopefully he can just get some good experience. Maybe uh, I, I I don't know if he he will latch on with any NBA team. I kind of doubt that, but maybe he'll open some eyes and he'll get a look you know anywhere in the D League. Um, be it with the Bulls or someone else. And that's the thing about the summer or yeah, the summer league is that there's so many people watching and all the scouts are always watching. So he might not get an opportunity with the Bulls. They might have too full of a roster, but he might latch on somewhere else. Yeah. If, uh, for those who remember Dante Ingram last year mm-hmm. was with the Bulls summer league and he didn't get an opportunity with the Bulls, but then actually signed for the past year with uh, the Dallas Mavericks uh, G League team. So it can happen, but it's just great to see guys from Loyola get their name out there, even getting positioned into the Summer League, and people know the people are going to know the, the school name 
They're going to know where they're coming from. They look at tape from there, and they look at tape from what they've done. For Marcus's case, it's his tape while at Loyola. Milt is definitely his tape from playing professional overseas, his time with the Nets. But just getting that whole uh, push for guys from Loyola playing in the NBA is a big movement. Definitely, yeah. And then, you know, when we're recruiting players, it helps uh, Porter recruit, you know, guys to say, hey, look, we have two, three, four guys. You know, Ben's playing professionally uh, overseas. There's other guys um, playing professionally. So it only helps uh, our program to have these guys succeed and succeed at the highest level. Um, so we, uh, we wish our best to Marcus and to Milt. Hopefully they do well. Hopefully they show out and hopefully, uh, they latch on somewhere, be it in the D league or, um, in the NBA or overseas too. Um, Milt had a great opportunity last year. Um, so yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Sorry we were off for so long, but, um, we'll, we'll continue to update all the listeners. Um, there will be more podcasts during the summer. They probably will be less frequently, um, you know, it might be another two weeks before another episode, but, um, we still have uh, part of our series of, um, the year in reviews for some of the players this past year that we're planning to continue. And also, uh, there's been a lot of recent recruitment news offers, visits. Um, so we'll have, I think our, our next episode will be focusing on updates on recruitment and also some year in reviews for, uh, this past season. But um, I think that's going to do it here from uh, Buck and Lou at Podcast 63. Thank you all for tuning in, uh, and hopefully we will have another episode uh, coming shortly. Uh, Thank you for tuning in, and uh, go Blurs.